make you stop. Please, make this torture. What are you doing to him, Victor, you fiend? What? I'm doing nothing. I merely asked if Simon wanted to listen to some music on our journey. He said yes, so I obliged. But what music is he listening to for him to react like that? It sounds like you're tearing out his very soul. Why, is the best album that has ever been written. Tales from Topographic Oceans by Yes, of course. You, you monster. monster! What? I'm no monster. I'm trying to inform and educate this young man. Young? And what music would you play? You could play in one of my albums. No! Ah! The Wicked Lady soundtrack is quite soothing. And if you played it on Spotify, I'd get some of the royalties as well. I do not use Spotify. They pay a mere pittance to the artists, the creators whose work they take and use like so much product. Victor, I agree 100%. My genius should be recognised for what it is, and I should be paid according to my level of talent. I think you are, actually. Shh! I actually think he's being serious. You may be a sociopath, a psychopath, or even a psychopath, but I like the way you think, Victor. Tell me, which of my albums is your favourite? We don't have time for all this. Look at him, he's suffering. I'm taking those headphones off him. Ah, my ears, my beautiful ears. Throw them overboard. Your ears? No, the headphones. Quickly, one. See. Van, I have never met you before today, but I already know I don't like you. And do you know what happens to people I don't like? Do you try and understand them better to make a spiritual connection in order to make a lifelong friend? No, I dispose of them. Miguel? Alright. He's falling in the water! Yes, and he will surely drown in this fast-flowing river. <laughs> I don't think so. Look, he stood up. It looks like the water's only three feet deep here. No matter. The crocodiles will get him. No, no, he seems fine. Look, he's wading towards the bank. Then the deadly piranha will surely strip the flesh from his bones. Don't think so. He's getting up on the bank. Oh, look, he's waving. He's not using all of his fingers, though. Well, no matter. I care not that he lives. You look like you care a bit. Well, I do not. Maybe a tad? Shut up, or you shall be joining him. What? On the bank? Shut up. What? what? What's happening? Mother? Is that you? I am categorically not your mother. Where? Where are we? We're on a small boat heading down the river to the ancient temple. Why? Because it is only accessible by boat. But we drove to it through the jungle before. The last eruption yesterday destroyed the road. This boat is our only way in or out. Yes, you should listen to Victor. He's a man of great taste and knows what he's talking about. But Tony, aren't you upset? Upset? About what? Why should I be upset? Weren't you friends with Juan? Juan what? No, not Juan. Juan. Juan what? My friend, I believe he is referring to the man I just had to push overboard to his doom. Hardly doom. A soggy walk to the bank, certainly. 
But him, yes. Oh, that fellow. I vaguely recall meeting him. You were at university together. He was the one who told us where you were imprisoned. Without him, we'd never have gone you out. Oh, I thought he was a fan. That does make me feel a little bit better that he made it to safety. It's not supposed to make you feel better. Don't you have feelings, man? Can't you see that there's a world out there? A world of wonder and emotion just waiting for you to take hold, to become one with all humanity, and that... He's not listening. You might as well stop now. Huh. Typical. The best acting I've done in years and no one's listening. That's your best acting. Shut up. Anyway, I blame you for all of this. Me? Why me? I'm as much a victim in all this as you. If you hadn't pushed me through that portal into hell, we'd never have ended up here, and I wouldn't be about to get shot by this madman. Mad? No, gentlemen, no. Peeved, maybe. Slightly annoyed, but not mad. Never mad. But you are going to kill us? Almost certainly. And dare I ask how you plan to do that? There are many ways to die, my friends. Disobey me, and you will find some slower than others. Like, uh, being eaten by snails? Yeah, I suppose. Or having the life drained from your soul by watching the whole of Friends from the beginning. Yeah, none of them had great jobs, but they all had the best apartments in New York. What gives? Be quiet. We have but a short ride, and then... Then we shall see what fate has in store for you. Oh God, I don't want to die. Come on, show some balls. Funnily enough, that was the advertising slogan of these new shorts I'm wearing. Very apt. But pull yourself together. We have to find a way out of this. There is no way out of this. Do you mind? This is a private conversation, fish face. That may well be your last piskin-related insult. Look, we are here. Miguel, bring us about. About what? Not now, Mr. Tony. Oh, I say, that's very impressive. Is that your volcano, Victor? Well, it's not exactly mine. Oh, so you're just renting it? Uh, no, not quite. Well, it's very impressive. Well done. Gentlemen. Where? Shut up. Look, the volcano is getting ready to erupt again. This is going to be the big one, I think. We must hurry into the cave. I must admit, when I gave you this quest... Forced this quest upon us. At gunpoint. Quite so. I imagined there would be many more steps before you found the treasure. If I had known I was so close, I would not have bothered with you simpletons. Simon! Don't let him talk to you that way. Shut, Shut up. up. Miguel, bring them. And bring the map of the caves as well. All right. You can't expect us to work in these conditions. Yeah, can't bother. How do you expect us to negotiate these rocks wearing chains on our wrists and feet? Hmm. I see your point. Look, Simon's already explained that. His shorts are new. By the way... Where do we keep getting these new pairs of shorts from? Very dodgy sponsorships. I'm just glad this isn't a video podcast. I think you're speaking for everyone there. Shut up. Miguel, unchain them. Right. Gary, follow my lead. What? Shh. I said, follow my lead. What are you whispering about? He said something about swallowing a bead. A bead? What sort of bead? Honestly, I don't know. 
He was talking way too quietly. Oh, for... You just knocked out Miguel. I know that. It's what I was trying to do. What did you do that for? Just shut up, you idiot, and run. Tony, don't let Simon talk to you like that. Oh, I think he was talking to you. Oh, do you think so? Yes, I think he wants you to follow him. What? Oh, hey, wait for me. Victor, why did you just let them run like that? I don't make them run like that. I think it's the tight shorts. But, you know, honestly, I let them go because of pure laziness. When you have people to take care of such things for you, you know, you just... You forget how to bully and intimidate people in these everyday situations. You poor man. But I know what you mean. I've got this little fellow back home to fetch and carry for me. Phil, I think his name is. Yeah, he's good to have the lower classes to do your bidding. But I suppose we'd better get after them. Miguel? Miguel! I think he's out cold. Why is it that people these days simply do not want to work? I will be docking his pay for this, mark my words. Come along, Mr. Tony. After you. <laughs> no, no, no. Talent before beauty. <laughs> you flattery, you. Okay. We're nearly there. Look, it's the entrance to the cave. I can see it. It's that massive door. It looks different. I think so. But it, but it's open. I, I thought we needed a special note to open the door. We came in a different entrance. Maybe this is the back door. What? And, and they left it unlocked just in case they lost their keys, did they? That's what I'd do. Yeah, that's why you had your PlayStation 5 nicked. Yes. Oddly, that was the same week you got your new PlayStation 5, wasn't it? That week they were all out of stock, everywhere? Yeah, <laughs> quite, quite the coincidence. But, but look, look, if we can get through that, we can close it and we'll be safe. Then, if we can find our way into the chamber, we can use the crown and make a wish. Piece of cake. I was thinking more that we could wish for a way home. But if you're hungry, we can wish for a cake, yeah. No, I mean, never mind. Right, here we are. Let's get this door closed. Good. We're in. Bit dark, isn't it? Here. I'll light this torch. How come there's always a handy torch? Here. Hold this flaming torch. You flaming hold it. Oh, I really don't know why I bother. Me flaming neither. Damn it! They've made their way inside, and there's no way to open the front door from out here. Oh, that's a shame. Does that mean we've got to go home now? Uh, yes, I suppose it does. But wait. <laughs> uh, what's so funny? They have made a stupid error. This is not the entrance to the caves. It is merely an ancient ceremonial changing room. A changing room? Is there a swimming pool? Not filled with lava, I hope. No. This is where priests would change into ceremonial garb before entering the caves to perform their rituals. This is not the only way in. It is merely the servants' entrance. Oh, but 
they're already inside. Won't they beat us to the crown? No, Tony. You fail to understand. We can make our way to the great door and beat them directly to the ceremonial chamber. And then... And then? And then we will have them. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's very, um... But I don't really. I'm a happily married man. No, 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 I don't mean... Look, we don't need them now anyway. Are you ready to play this sacred note, Mr. Tony? Well, I'll have a good try. And it being me, it will be a very good try. Excellent. Come, we must hurry. Wow, look at this room. All these old cloaks and the polished metal on the wall for mirrors. You know what this means, right? It's time to put on makeup. It's time to light the lights. Oh, you idiot. This must be where the priests prepared themselves before going to the great altar. This is the priest's anteroom. Oh, well, where did that uncle stay? No, you idiot. Auntie, with an eye. Oh, what happened to her other eye? I'm going to ignore you because I can't be asked to slap you anymore. Works for me. And look, here on the wall, this inscription. It shows the crown. And if I push it just... As I thought. A secret door into the sacred chamber. You know what? You were right. This is the bloody back door to the temple. Told you. It's not often that I'm right, but... Uh, no, I'll leave it there. Okay. So... Now we can slide in through the rear passage. I told you, I don't swing that way. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I'll lead the way. Ow! Ow, 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 ow. What's the... What is it with these people and darts? If I'd lived back then, I'd have been a dart maker. <sighs> Job for life. Sh shut up, shut up. Come here, come here, come here. Ow, ow, ow. We can't have you walking around with those sticking out of you. People might think you were a pincushion. Do I look like a pincushion? No, pincushions are useful. Come on. Hey, will you look at this? This is a huge uncle room. Look at all the doors. There's more than you can count. Yeah, there's 32, which, yeah, I'll admit, probably more than you can count. Oh, wow. It's a chamber of 32 doors, just like in the song. What song? Uh, are you serious? Uh, never mind. Still seems like an unnecessary number of doors. How do we know which one to go through? We've got to be clever about this. We're going to die, aren't we? There may not be traps behind every door. Here, let's try this one. <laughs> that was a very large spear. Did it hit you? No, but I do have a new parting in my head. That's very fetching. Well, obviously we can't try them all. There has to be a clue as to which door it is. I need to think. Tell you what, let's do a podcast just to clear my mind. My mind is pretty clear as it happens. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, but let's do a podcast anyway. So, OK, you want a podcast. What's the album we're going to be talking about today? Well, let's take one of your favourites, which is Steve Hackett. Let's take another album of his, Defector. Wait, 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 wait. Two problems with that sentence you just had. Yes. One was my favourite, and yeah. the second one was Defector. Yeah. You can't see a problem with that? No. All right, let's carry on then. We'll pretend I mean, Steve Hackett's to... my favourite. 
You've seen Steve Hackett like three times, haven't you? So you just... No, 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 That's no, more no. than me. You've dragged me to see Steve Hackett several times. There's a difference. Once. Once. Yeah, all right. Once. I went once on my own, but I was drunk. <laughs> I was just drunk. I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> once of your own volition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, so this is Steve Hackett's Defector album. It's fourth studio album. It's Johnson Facts. Facts. It's a bit early for facts, isn't it? Now, I don't need to clear my mind that much. Come on, then. Fact me up, big boy. So, like you rightly said, this is Steve's fourth solo album since... Sorry, just interrupting you there. Could you just yes. say that sentence again? This is Steve's fourth solo album No, the little album bit before left... that. Which bit? There wasn't a bit before you that. You so rightly said... Did I don't I? get to hear that very often. Yes, you did. I don't get to hear that very often. So if you could just say it again, <laughs> I'd like to record that for myself. No. Okay. This is Steve's fourth album since he left Genesis. His fourth solo album. So it follows on from A Voyage of the Acolyte, Please Don't Touch, and Spectral Mornings. Which, which we both enjoyed. Which we both enjoyed. Will we enjoy this one? Oh, <sighs> wait and see. God, blimey, missus. So funnily enough, this is Steve's highest placing uk chart album it's his best selling album it got to guess which number come on guess nine yes you knew that already i did actually <laughs> you're not the only one who does a slight bit of research onto these you know? cheating yeah also released in june of 1980 it was june 1980 recorded in the spring of 1980 it's a 1980s album does it sound like a 1980s album, do you think? Well, we're going to come on to this as we go yeah. through the different tracks. I have to say, no, it sounds both forward and backwards. Because there's some tracks on this that are almost disco-y. Yeah. Um, and then there's some tracks which seem a little ahead for where they are in 1980. Mm. But there's nothing that sort of... You could, you could not place this as a 1980 album, I don't think. This is the 2005 remix that we've been listening to because that's the version i have um which comes with five bonus tracks at the end of the album but you won't get to hear what we think about those unless you pony up the dosh because that's going to be a patreon exclusive wow. if you want to hear what we think of those bonus tracks you need to spend a pound a month and then you'll get that bonus episode which will come out in about a week after this comes out to patreons and lots of so, other bonus material as well. Lots of other bonus materials, yeah. www.patreon.com slash revelationstation. I've got loads of bonus episodes on there already. It's amazing. You have. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Giving all this great stuff away for free, pretty much. Pound a month. It's nothing, is it? No. What can you buy for a pound these days? Can you buy a pack of gum for a pound? Don't know where you're shopping. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. This album was released just over one year after Spectral Mornings. Uh, and it features the same band that he put together to take out on the road with him and also record Spectral Mornings. Um, he wanted to get this follow-up out really quickly because to kind of keep a, on top of the momentum from Spectral Mornings because that was a really popular album. Um, he wanted to do it without cutting any corners, so he rehearsed a lot of new material before even going into the studio, and he even played a few tracks on the Spectral Mornings tour towards he the end did, of the didn't tour. He? He did. Um, Interestingly, um, just while we're talking about the recording, um, yes. they recorded this at the Wessex Sound Studio. Mm -hmm, in North London. I don't recall him using that studio before. Is this the first time we've sort of heard that studio being used for, for Steve Hackett? I think so, yeah. I think it is the first time. I don't know if he recorded there afterwards, but uh, he didn't record the other three albums at there. Um, I think, if you remember rightly, Spectral Mornings was recorded in... Um, Holland, is it? Uh, yeah, somewhere in Holland. 
because <laughs> yeah. it was really cold when he was recording it, it. So, yeah, so this probably is the first time he's recording in North And he's an North London boy. He so is. He's recording his home. Cool, too. blimey missus. The band, as well as Steve, we've got Pete Hicks on vocals, Dick Cadbury on bass. That's not a euphemism. It is Nick not. Nick Magnus on keyboards, John Hackett on the flute, and then John Shearer on drums. Um, like I say, exactly the same band as played on Spectral Mornings and the tour. They're also the band that he takes out on tour for this album. One of the instruments that Steve used on this album is called an optigan, an optical organ, which again is not a euphemism. Um, it does sound rather rude. It does. He uses it for the first time, but he, he uses it again later in his career as well. So this is an early synth, basically, okay. um, which was made by a subsidiary of Mattel, who you may know well, from... Well, the toy manufacturers. Toy manufacturers. That's exactly. all I really know of them. I don't well, know what else they... I mean, they might have made tanks before that. I don't know. But all I know of Mattel is like early 70s, late 70s toys. Yeah, a Barbie, of course. And um, I, think I didn't have a Barbie. Wheels. Did you have a Barbie? Come no. on. Come no. on. No. Okay. But anyway, um, an Optigan was an early synth, basically. So um, released in 1971. Um, it used large plastic discs, 12-inch discs, very similar to vinyl records, but not vinyl records. Okay. Um, and they basically, they had samples on them. So you'd put those into the machine and then program it to play the different samples in order. So well, you like can hear electronic this. scratching. Very much. But you can hear this on the last track, Sentimental Institution, mm-hmm. um, with that big band. That uses a big band. In fact, the, the disc it uses is called Big Band Beat. Okay. Um, so he uses all five samples from that disc and pete hicks singing over the top of those as they loop i did wonder when they were playing it whether that was a sampled sound or Mm. whether it was a sound that they generated themselves yeah no so it is an early sampler so it is a sample which is one of the one of the records or one of the the discs that you could buy that was part of that line basically um so yeah Uh, steve used an optigan right up to his 2003 album to watch the storms which he used on a track called Circus of Becoming. Um, so he used it quite extensively across his career. It's on a lot of his albums. I mean, that must have been quite a feat because the way you described it, mm-hmm. it sounds like quite a delicate instrument. You wouldn't think, you know, A, it would last that long, you know, just the components inside. Purely because of the, you know, as you say, they're plastic. Plastic deteriorates over time. You'd think you wouldn't be able to find replacements for this piece of kit. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that's what, 32 years after the thing was released and it's, he's still using it. On stage, he played a little musical improvised interlude, which he called the Optigan. Okay. I might even drop a little bit of that in so you can hear it here. Why not? You can hear um, that disc, Big Band Beat, was used on the soundtrack of the Twin Peaks revival in 2017. Was it really? David Lynch used it as part of the soundtrack he wrote for that. Right? There so you listen go. out for that if you're watching. Cheap sod. I mean, the guy could have an orchestra, but he thought, you know what, I'll use a record. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And 2017 cheap, as well. Cheap television. Got it on computer. Mm, yeah. Um, Steve went on to tour this album, of course, like he... He does. Um, it was a huge sellout in the UK, toured all over the UK. I don't have a list of the dates, unfortunately, but one I, one that I do know he played in was Sheffield City Hall, because 
I have a bootleg of that show, which is what a one of my cassette trading days bootlegs. Ah, uh, we all have a big yeah. pile so I've got of this those. somewhere. In fact, I think I might try and dig it out and digitise it. I think so. Um, it also though made his solo debut in North America on tour. Oh, right. Okay, interesting. They had the one single off this album, didn't they? The show. It did. Which had Hercules and Trained on the B side. Yes. Did that get released in the States as well? No, or was that just a UK release? Just the UK. Oh, wow. When they were taking this abroad mm-hmm. to, to the States, what did they use to, do we know what they used to advertise? Would have just been the album. And obviously it would still at that point have been only three years since he left Genesis. So they are, they mm. used uh. the ex-Genesis, the sound of Genesis guitarist Steve Hackett live on stage sort of thing. I would imagine. I wonder if he used uh, played a lot of Genesis while he was touring over there. No, he didn't. I mean, he never really played any Genesis stuff in the early years. It's only recently that he started doing that. Um, he did play um, I Know What I Like a few times. Uh, and In fact, I think I might even have a bootleg version of, of that somewhere knocking around. But yeah, he didn't tend to play, like he does now, a lot of Genesis stuff. Back then it was pretty much solid, which is, you know, that's kind of fair enough. He's trying to move away from, from that and make his own mm. mark. So... Good on him. Good on him. Yes. Simon. Yes. I have a fact. Go on then, give me a fact. This was going to be a concept album. Oh yes, that, that's my next fact I've got. I know, I thought I'd preempt you because <laughs> I thought he's going to get around to it. It's the only fact I've got. But yeah. this was originally going to be a concept album, wasn't it, Simon? It was. That was the initial idea, yes. Do you want to fact me up with some facts about that? No, you seem to know all about it. You tell me. It was going to be a story, wasn't it? About a guy leaving the Soviet bloc, coming to the West, and the trials and tribulations, the horrors of the home life compared to his horrors in travelling, and Mm -hmm. then his disillusionment with what he got, what he finally got here. Yes. And you can still hear that in this album, but it was pretty much dropped early on because they realised they couldn't carry it along as a theme. But you can still hear that in a lot of the music. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the lyrics as well are very tenuously Mm. linked to that. They are. And some of them, depending how you read the lyrics, they could be part of that story or just just standalone items. Yeah. It wasn't until I, I, I read that somewhere about this theme and you sort of go mm-hmm. oh yeah you know you know you can you can hear it in the music yes you can i mean the obvious one which we'll come on to very shortly i imagine is um the uh what's the word russian sounding almost sort of, of the steps, steps. Yeah. yes um, as soon as you hear that you think of the that sort of um siberian sort of mm. That's just the feeling you get from that, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. Um, but yeah, the initial concept was based on the film The Conformist by uh, Bernardo Bertolucci. <laughs> what a great film. I remember seeing that. <laughs> Me too. I loved it. Oh, my number one. Popcorn, beer, Saturday yeah. night sorted. Yeah. That's a date night, that is. <laughs> but yeah, but he did abandon that story concept and instead tried to tie things together with loosely... Covering feelings of alienation and imprisonment, which I think you can hear in some of the lyrics. Definitely, even if it's yeah. a little bit tenuous. Some of the songs, the, the, even though they're not themed as such, you can feel there is an emotion in some of the songs, even mm. though you know it's not blatantly obvious in some of them. And some of them, it is. The lyrics say what it is, but you just yeah. there's a lot of tracks here where you get a sense of something in the in the background. Yes, yeah, you do. And there's a couple of recurring themes which I'll see if you've spotted. When uh, when we get to the songs, okay. But yeah, I've not really got many other facts for that. Like I've already said, that some of the songs were played first played on the um, Spectral Mornings tour. Um, but the artwork, artwork's by Kim Poor. Mm, again, very reminiscent of the Spectral Mornings cover. I think it's almost a 
identical, but the other way around. I don't want to pour something on something else. As you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great negative pourer, mm. but Pun she intended. does seem to have a style. And she does keep overusing it because yeah. all of all of his earlier covers tend to look the same. Well, they come in waves, don't they? Because the first two covers were very intricate and very early Genesis-like with loads of yep. little details to look at and loads of little things. And then these two have been that kind of pencil, pastel, whatever it is, kind of weird picture of... Smudged a little Steve. bit. But the next one is a photo cover. And then the one after that, which is highly strung, is going to go a little bit more back to the early Genesis star. So, yeah, but these pastel... I don't really like this cover, to be honest. I think it's a bit meh. It's a lot meh, to be yeah. honest. It's one of those... It's, it's just You just get the feeling he asked her 10 minutes before this was going to press for a cover. Mm. And then she pulled out one that she'd done for Spectral Mornings and had decided against and went, oh, just yeah. use that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's that good an artist myself. I mean, I'm going to be honest and say she's probably maybe 10 times better than me. Maybe 11. No more than that. But I don't think they're that good. I've never seen you draw anything. I don't want to blow your mind. Okay, thank you for that. (laughs) Appreciate that. So it's nice of you to think of my mind not being blown. Yeah. <laughs> so that is literally all the facts I've got because there's not a lot of facts about this album, really. No, I, I find it quite difficult finding any interesting facts. There are plenty of facts out there, but nothing terribly interesting. Yeah. It was a bloody long time ago for a start. Yes. Um, but a lot of a lot of the facts I did I did sort of come across in the research were mostly about how it was going to be a themed album, and then it mm. wasn't. They think, well, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Spent 15 minutes reading this for nothing. <laughs> So, we've covered the, the few facts there are. Yep. Shall we go into the tracks? Ooh, let's. So, we've got ten tracks on this album, and then we're going to be doing that bonus episode of the five bonus tracks. You spoil them. You spoil them, Simon. Do spoil them. So, let's start then with the first track, which is The Steps.
So yeah, I really like that flute intro. It was lovely and atmospheric, wasn't it? Yeah, very atmospheric. Very, like I say, very Russian sort of evocative of the step. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that. It goes into that dark, brooding instrumental that's very yeah the very drum beat that just yeah. drives all the way through this track yeah. i mean the power of that drum beat mm. it was it was quite impressive it really did transport you mentally mm. to somewhere else somewhere exotic but at the same time horribly bleak yeah Yes. You know, you, it was a real sensation you got from this track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve's doing the same thing he does on all his albums, all these early albums at least, in that he's he's come up with a really, really good riff or, you know, a really good little piece of music and then he repeats it several times. Yeah. You know, a lot of in- instrumentals are that, but I think mm. in this case it works better than it has done before just because it's that drum, like you say, that drum is driving it along. It's like relentless drum yeah. constantly yeah. marching forward um almost like you're marching across the step this is a very powerful track i mean it really it, i say the sensation you get from it is quite impressive mm. um and it really does transport you you can you can tangibly feel that you've moved location yes having said that yeah it is six minutes long <laughs> it is and incredibly incredibly repetitive it is I mean, it goes on and on. You say that. And on. It, it is. You say that. I don't think that it's too long, though. I think it's, it is repetitive. I think if it was edited down a little bit, it might end up sounding too short. I think it's phenomenally long. I'm only saying that I have a great appreciation for this track. I think it's very good at what it does. It's atmospheric and it sends you. But it's yeah. way too long. And for an opening track, it's too long and dull. I was surprised he used this as the opening track. If they were going to do this as a concept album, yeah, it would work wonderfully. But as an album on its own, it's too long, too repetitive, and it's just dull after a while because it just goes on for six whole minutes. And it doesn't vary significantly all the way through that. I think there's a drum solo halfway through or something just to change the beat. And then it comes straight back to that all the way through again. Yeah, but again, like... Ace of Wands, same minute and a half of music repeated four times. Shadow of the Hierophant, same minute and a half of music repeated four times. It's it's kind of what Steve is doing still at this early stage. You're saying he's boring. So appreciate this now Mm -hmm. because he stops doing that. Oh, that'll be a terrible shame if he stops (laughs) being massively repetitive. That's going to ruin my listening pleasure. (laughs) But there's a really good guitar solo in this track, about three minutes in. Really good. Again, Steve doing that soaring guitar sound mm-hmm. that he was yeah. doing on Spectral Mornings, the, the album, not the song, well, the song as well. But so yeah, it's really good. I mean, this is this is a live favorite. He's played this at all on almost every tour up to like 2018, 2019, something like that. I really like this track. This is probably one of my favorite Steve Hackett tracks. I think I really love it, and it doesn't. I, I don't think it's too long. But I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say I appreciate this track. <laughs> I'm going to say I appreciate this track. I did get moved by this mm. track. Yes. But it's just after four minutes, I wanted it to move along. <laughs> or at least just change the beat significantly. You mentioned the guitar solo, which was mm. great. It was a really nice part in it, but it was mm-hmm. very brief. And then we went straight back to that drum beat, which is a very tangible drum beat. Mm. It really carries you, and you can almost feel it like a heartbeat. Yeah. But it's just too long. And as an intro to an album, 
it's quite dull. When you think of some of the great intros we've listened to in the past from various artists, including Steve himself, yeah, which you know give you a sense of what the album is going to be, this really doesn't do that for this album, I don't think. But you get a really good sense, and it's usually a good kicking track that everybody yeah. starts with. This isn't that track. I'm quite surprised. At the risk of jumping forward a little bit into this review, which track would you have opened the album with? Knew you are going to ask that. I'm not entirely sure, but I might have used the third track. Right. Again, another musical piece, but I think stronger and more interesting. Okay, right. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to it in a minute. We shall indeed. But yeah, so I, I like that song. You like it up to a point. Yes, about about three minutes 58. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was, I was going to say about that track, actually, is I think it's really interesting still that Steve is... He's not precious about his own talent and his own songs. He opens this album with a flute and then drums. Yeah. And it's mm. three minutes before the proper guitar comes into it. He's not, you know, you don't get that from any of the other... It's kind of nepotism. It's his brother, you know? Yeah, but it's not him playing it. Whereas, no, can not. you imagine, you know, Tony Banks opening with a drum solo or a flute solo? No. That He's he prepared to playing. take a back seat for yes. the sake of his art. Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing I do like about Steve's albums, to be honest. Mm. He's not, as you say, he's, he's not trying to be centre stage. We've seen him live yeah. several times. And he's never, the spotlight isn't just on Steve at any yeah. one time. And there yeah. are whole tracks where he's in the background on exactly. stage. He's never, he never seems to be, you know, I look at me, I'm Steve Hackett, look at me. He's, he doesn't come across that way on stage. It doesn't come across that way on his albums either. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's a reaction to the way it was in Genesis, where he wasn't allowed to be part of the band almost. You know, yeah. it was, that's why yeah. he left in the end, because he wasn't getting his voice heard. And now yeah. he's like, well, this is my band. These are my songs. But I want you guys to be part of it. He wasn't want... getting his voice heard because he played guitar. Moving on. <laughs> Next track, Time to Get Out, which is very apt. intro to this track don't you think mm. judging by the intro you think you're in for a nice witty fun track like some of the other ones he's done yeah but then 
for some obscure reason, this turns into a Kansas tribute number. <laughs> See, I don't know enough about Kansas to say because I've not really heard much. Good, of it. you can take my word is it for Wayward, it. Then. Wayward Son, is that theirs? Yes, it is. Um, and this is like that. And it's also the start on this album where we start to hear so much of the harmony used when it comes to the lyrics singing. Yes. We don't get a. I'm trying to think of a track on here where we get a solo voice singing yeah. all the lyrics. It's just harmonies. It's a really weird sound. Mm. It's nice, but after a while, you become aware that there's just harmony, 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 and no yeah. no good, strong solo. Yeah, pretty much the only song that's not that is um, Sentimental Institution, the last track. Yes. And yes. the bonus track, Hercules Unchained. Um, but yeah, it's not helped by the fact that Pete Hicks sounds very, very similar to Steve Hackett when he sings as well. Yes. So you, you can't really tell. I mean, for years, I thought the Sentimental Institution was sung by Steve. And I found out that it was Pete Hicks singing. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, interesting you should say that, because when I heard it, I thought it was Steve singing yeah. that as well. No, it's Pete Hicks. So. Wow. Yeah, it's funny you should mention Kansas, because this reminded me of Narnia from Please Don't Touch, which obviously... They had Steve Walsh from Kansas singing that song. I mean, I think th these two songs are so similar. I think if you didn't know them really, really well and you heard them, you might mistake them until you got yes. into the chorus because they're yeah. very similar. The other thing about this, this track that was really bugging me while I was listening to it was the lyrics aren't very interesting, but they seem to have just gone, you know, if we harmonise a lot, people won't listen to the lyrics really. And then halfway through... They just give up on lyrics and go la 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 la. Yeah, well, well, this the lyrics that they've got for this are the close. I think the most closely tied into the original concept because you know he's talking about being in Cuba and bombs, and then twenty three and one half billion joints were smoked. I mean, he's comparing the east and the west. You know, he's saying that in the west they smoke joints, but in the east the joints smoke you. Now, in the east. The, they drink vodka. So he's comparing the two. But yeah, I mean, I think the only change I'd make to this song, because really, I think it's a really good song, I really like it, is I'd probably cut it a minute shorter and get rid of all those la-la-las at the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind this track at all. I thought it yeah. was a nice track. I was just... The only reason I mentioned the harmonies, because at this point in time, it's a novelty. But you know, as you listen to this album two or three times, yeah. you just start noticing it's all harmonies just about. And it becomes... Yeah. Quite, oh God, haven't, can't they just sing this track? Why have they got to harmonise all the way through it? Mm. If indeed that is what they're doing, or whether it's just. You but know. I think it's got a really good, a really catchy chorus. I think I really like that. It's really sing along. <laughs> Again, though, it's, it's a repetitive theme. The only thing about this track which I really like was that they do change it up all the way through. Mm. So even though it is kind of repetitive, it's interestingly repetitive. Yeah, it's like a proper song. Almost <laughs> just like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I did not mind this track. I thought it was a fun track. I, mm -hmm. I, it was interesting. It did remind me too much of Kansas for me to really enjoy it because every time I was listening to it, I was thinking, this is a good track by Kansas. It's not by Kansas, is it? <laughs> and it was just, I know what you're saying, and you can, in the lyrics, uh, hear part of what mm. Steve was trying to do with you know the concept. But I just I just don't think this track, it's, it's like they had that kernel of the concept again, yeah. but then just gave up halfway through on this track. So it's got a hint of what they were going to do, but mm -hmm. it's not a full-blown finished product of what they were going to do. I see what you mean. Yes. Good, good. Yes. Good. I could explain that again. I'm not entirely sure I got it, but, you know, let's move on, shall we? Yes. So the next track is... Slogans. This is the track you said you'd probably open the uh, album with. So let's have a little listen to a bit of that. 
So that's your second instrumental on the album. That's really heavy, though, isn't it? Isn't it? That's why I like this one. I think it would yeah. have been a good one to start the album with because it's it's literally a wall of sound coming at you. It's an interesting use of all the instruments that they're doing. And it's, mm-hmm. they're literally, I think, just trying to make as much noise as possible. <laughs> yeah. But it works really well. It's a very powerful piece. Yeah. I have no idea what the what the title means, however. But again, Steve's letting the other instruments do all the heavy lifting here. Yeah, the keyboards and the drums especially. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't even come in until about a minute into the song with his guitar. Everything else is keyboards and drums and, and bass. Um, all the other instruments stop and then Steve plays. Yeah. And then the instruments come back in again. Really good. I love that. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I particularly love this track because I thought I was the only one who needed to beware of the great, of the mighty magnetron. But it turns out everybody does. Wait, it does actually say that? It does. I thought yeah. I was imagining. No, it's not just you and me be, uh, that have to oh, be aware of the mighty magnetron. Hang everybody on. needs on. to be beware. Hang on. Hang on. Be weird. I just need to phone my doctor, tell him I don't need the pills after all. No, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, beware the mighty magnetron. Very good. <laughs> as, as much as I like this track, mm-hmm. and I really do like this track, I mean, it's, it's sound-wise, it's it's very interesting. Yes. But it does at the same time sound like the entire soundtrack to a really bad 80s sci-fi movie. See, I was going to say horror, not sci-fi. Ah, really? See, I think horror movie... I just went sci-fi with the use of some instruments on this. Mm. See, I think the heaviness of it is, it reminds me of one of those really schlocky mid mid to late 70s British horror movies, you know, mm. starring John yeah. Hurt or somebody, where it'd just be buckets of blood and no real story. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. Who doesn't like those? Yeah, awesome. But yeah, I yeah I thought it was horror. Um, but a theme from a film of some description anyway, maybe a sci-fi horror film. Actually, it's just the way that the, the whole uh, sound of this track keeps changing. Yeah. It sounds like a condensed soundtrack of a film. Mm. There's just so much going on here. Yeah. You can almost hear bits... And was the keys and the tempos and the, and the rhythm and the speed changes all the way through it. Yeah. It's almost like they've taken a whole soundtrack, chopped mm. into tiny bits and squished it together into this track. Yeah. But it does feel like a wall of sound. It's it very does. impressive. It is. It's really good. I mean, and then it total changes at about three minutes in up to the end until it goes into, segues into the, the following track. Yeah. I mean, judging by what we've heard so far of this album, who thought it would change? <laughs> mm. There you go. Yeah, so anything else you want to say about that song? I liked it. I thought this was probably one of the most interesting on the album so far. I really like this track. It's a really good track. Really good. Not sure I like it more than The Steps, but I do like this track. This must be an utter swine to do live, and I'm pretty sure I've heard them doing it live. Well, you will have done if you've listened to the bonus track. Yeah, I have, but I think they did it live when we when we saw him last time. Might have done, yeah. I'm pretty sure he said, we hate doing this live because we all have to be in tempo at the right time. <laughs> and then they did it. But I can't remember if it was this track, but I'm, I'm almost pretty sure it was this track they played. Might well have been. Mm. Might well have been. Yeah, so this goes from slogans. It segues into leaving. Wonder if the cold grey sky 
Okay, so this is one of the shorter pieces on the album. It is, isn't it? Really nice guitar intro, I thought. Sounded a bit like early Genesis. That was what I wrote down in my notes. A very nice guitar piece. It's a complete change from what we've heard so far on this album. It is, it is. I mean, an utter change, isn't it? It is. I mean, you almost expect Peter to start singing. Mm. It sounds so early 70s. Yeah, but this is this is a ballad. <laughs> yes. Um, it's this Again, this seems to tie into the, the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems... To be talking about a swap between spies. Yes. You know, yeah, that's a what spy I spy swap. And it even alludes to there being a press conference as well, mm. which seems like not an odd song, but the lyrics and the music don't necessarily go together. No. Because this should be like a gentle love ballad, and it's not. <laughs> no. Again, we've got a very, very short flute solo by John. Mm. Very short. Um but it's 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 a shame. This is quite short. I think it could have been a little longer. Mm. Um, but but it is what one minute something. It's very short. Yeah, it's not very long, is it? No. Um, basically one. I think it's two verses, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. There's no chorus or anything. Yeah, there's not a lot going it. on here. Um, but it's very nice. I like the like the there's a kind of repeated keyboard motif that plays through it. Um, that kind of again sounds a bit Tony Banksy from you know, Stagnation. There's a bit in Stagnation where Tony's playing a. You probably don't remember because it was a long time since we did that album. There's a bit... Last week, never mind when we did that. There's a bit in Stagnation from Trespass mm-hmm. where Tony's playing a keyboard bit and the keyboard kind of, ooh, like that, because Tony turns the keyboard mm-hmm. off. How, how does it go? It goes, ooh. Okay. Because Tony turns the keyboard off and the note still plays as the power down. Uh. So he turns it off and then back on again straight away. Um, so he's nearly IT technician. Wow. Um, turns it off then on again to get that sound. And that's almost like that. That sounds almost in this song as well. Was that like, um, I, I don't know much about the period when they're doing that, the technology wise, but was that because the keyboard was valve operated? You know, when you old TVs, when you turn them off yes. and they would slowly go into the small dot in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Is, is that the same technology we're talking about with this keyboard that it, it slowly... It probably was, yeah. I yeah. think it was. I think that was the Moog that they bought from uh, King Crimson. So it probably would have been valve operated. Yeah, you're probably right. Mm. I don't know for definite, but it sounds likely. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, yeah. you'd just um, think but, they would have some sort of fader to do it. Yeah, or it'd just cut off straight away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, one thing um, I have been listening to um, the Abbey Road by the Beatles for another project, which may or may not see the light of day. Okay. Uh, Quite a lot recently, and this song reminds me of the track Because from Abbey Road. Okay. So go away and listen to that track and compare that to this. And it ju- it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar in style and feel um, and, te- and sort of the same sort of tempo. So, yeah, maybe more on that project coming soon. Mm, okay. But that goes into, segues again into Two Vamps as Guests. A lot of segueing going on on this album. There's a lot of segue in. Mm. Good word that I like that segue. I have noticed.
it segues so well you can't really tell when one ends and one starts, can you? No. It's basically the same track. It is, but I like this track. It's a lovely piece hmm. of guitaring by Steve. It almost has, I think, a Spanish feel to it, which is weird because this is quite clearly part of the theme of this album because I'm absolutely sure hmm. in this track you can clearly hear the Star Spangled Banner. Really? Because I heard a bit of the steps in there on the acoustic guitar. Really? Yes. A very small amount in as Steve's playing. There is a very slowed down version of the start. Either that or it's a complete coincidence that it sounds oh, I, might have to start again. I did not hear that, but I did hear a refrain from the steps. Okay. Okay. And the um the do 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 that was played. Yes. Re- slower on acoustic guitar. So yeah, may- maybe there is, maybe that is part of it and that was intentional. Or maybe you're just mad and hearing things. But it's another really nice acoustic piece, which Steve is so good at. Yes. You yeah. know, in the vein of Horizons or Kim. I mean, that man can play a guitar. He can. It's not quite as memorable as those two. No, it's not. You know, I mean, you could probably cast your mind back and remember Kim. And you cast your mind back and remember Horizons. This one, take a little bit more remembering to pull it to memory. Yeah. I think. But really good. And a couple of albums time will be coming to his first acoustic album, okay. which is full of them. Well, this is this is actually the shortest track on the album, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, it's more of a coda yeah. to leaving than a track on its own. It is. But, but I, I, I really I, like I, I think love it's the guitaring on this. I love the feel of it, and I, love, I did like this track, I must admit. So that ended the original first side of the vinyl. So mm. that was a nice little ending to that. Quiet ending to what has been a mixed bag on this side. We've had we've had walls of sound. We've had heavy drums. We've had uh, you know acoustic guitaring mm-hmm. for a themed album. There's not much of a theme going here, is there? Yeah. Musically, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very different tracks we're getting here, and none more different than the first track on side two, which is the next track here, which is Jacuzzi. <laughs>
instrumental piece here. Yes. Very lively. It is. I'm not entirely sure what the title means yet again. I don't know if at this point <laughs> Steve's just pulling random words out of a hat. <laughs> Possibly. I think it sounds to me... Now, bear with me on this one. I've been bearing with you for many years, but carry on. Two things. Jacuzzi, I think he's probably come up with that title because the song is quite bubbly and quite lively, like like the water in a jacuzzi. That's what I thought, too, yes. Don't know if you've ever heard of a jacuzzi before. I create my own. <laughs> but also, this sounds almost exactly like it's... Um, the theme tune to a BBC or ITV holiday programme. Really? I didn't get Don't that. Don't you think? No, I didn't get that, no. However, <laughs> I did get the feeling. This felt very South American to me. Yeah, I suppose so. It just it just really put me in mind of, you know, Judith Chalmers and uh, Wish You Were Here and travel, uh, not a travel programme, but a holidays programme. You don't really see them anymore where people just go to a place and say, yeah, as well, I got this package here and it costs this much money and look at all these facilities. Basically an extended advert. God knows we don't want to turn this into a travel show. Although <laughs> if we do, I'm prepared to travel if you're prepared to yes. pay. Don't, yeah. I would love for you to pay for me to get as far away from you as possible. Siberia? Well, I was thinking somewhere warmer. I was thinking Hawaii myself, but you know. No, it's not far enough. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> South this Pole? Is, it's just, I think that we don't do travel shows anymore because everybody travels. Yeah. You know, when they did do travel shows, travel was quite a rare thing. You know, mm. when you were a child and there, were, there, was, there was travel shows and you'd see them going off on these biplanes with two or three wings into the sun. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, Simon. No, I mean, and obviously you had horses and carts to take you away. With stone wheels, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, they did, yes. <laughs> We had to watch out um, for highwaymen when I went on holiday. <laughs> but the other thing about those holiday programmes is they, they were basically an extended advert, weren't they? Because yes. they, I don't know, Malaga or Mallorca or somewhere. I think they, they were all about... sponsored by companies like Thomas Cook and things. Exactly, but they talk about specific package holidays and talk about what you get for that and that, and that sort of thing. And, you know, what there was there was a secondary. Here you go. <laughs> to what the you hotel go to was Spain like. this time of the year, there's a lovely place down the road where you can get sausage, egg and chips. <laughs> exactly. Mm. But you don't need that sort of programme anymore because you just want, what's it, I wonder how much it cost me to go to Malaga. I'm like, tick, 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 tick. Oh, I get a good package deal there, don't I? That's it. Just for those people who can't see you typing, that was you typing, yeah. wasn't it? Not you making a weird sort of 1970s ticker tape computer noise. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, yeah, they are very similar noises, actually, aren't they? I didn't mm -hmm. realise. Mm-hmm. So one Simon typing, and one is Simon looking at punch cards coming out of a 1970s computer. But which is which, listeners? Gosh. Write in and find out. Anyway, mm, back to Jacuzzi. No, you won't win a prize. No. Back to Jacuzzi, yeah. So, I mean, it's a total contrast to the steps. I mean, it's almost exactly the opposite. Yeah, yeah. However, <laughs> the steps. I have to say, about the 1 minute 30 track, this track yeah. does get kind of ominous. There's hmm. a definite threat creeps into this yeah. track at that point in the music. Mm, maybe somebody in the jacuzzi needed the toilet. <laughs> yeah, why do you have to go there? But yeah, I quite like this track. It's yeah. quite nice and lively and it's bubbly. And it's faster than the jacuzzi. It's quite a fun track to listen to. Yeah, say, it is. One minute 30 in, goes a bit dark. Mm. Goes a bit dark, but still, I like this track. I think it's fun. Yeah. So it goes into another track. The next track then on the album is called Hammer in the Sand.
violin it. This is a lovely little instrumental piece. Nice little piano piece. Yeah. Quite interesting. Tootles along, but is mm. essentially quite dull. Yeah, I mean, with a title like Hammer in the Sand, you're expecting it to be a proper rocker. Right. That's what I thought. I thought this was going to be a grand piece. Something hammer, hammer in the sand. It's going to be yeah. powerful and dynamic and dramatic. And it's none of those things. Yeah, it's just a little piano piece, isn't it, yeah. really? Yeah. Although originally... This was supposed to have vocals. It was. He decided not to do it when he, he'd heard it. I mean, it's Nick Magnus, mm-hmm. who was pootling about on his piano. As on his do. old Joanna. Um, and Steve overheard him and went, oh, I'm having that. And turned it into this song. Um, to be fair, it wouldn't sound out of place on one of Steve's later classical albums. I mean, his last classical album that came out was Under Mediterranean Skies. This probably would have fitted right on board with that. But it is quite dull, though, isn't it? It is, but it's not very long, though, is it? No, no, it's not very long, but still dull. I just think it's nice, again, Steve's letting another musician take centre stage on on his album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Tony Banks wouldn't do that. Tony Banks (laughs) is going to go... No. He's not even got anybody else to play on his album, so... Nobody nobody wants to play with him, but (laughs) (laughs) Billy No Mates when it comes to producing an album. Yeah. But... Um, Don't say that too loud, he might hear us. Oh, yeah. Oh, she don't know how far away he is. But as much as I wanted to like this track, I mm-hmm. just found it quite dull. Well, actually, I don't think it was long enough to be dull. I think it would have been longer. Oh, I think yes. it was. I think it was more than long enough to be dull. Well, it was a bit longer than I thought it was, actually. It's three minutes. Mm, it feels longer. But I, I don't mind it. At three minutes, I think this is just long enough to bore you. Okay. I didn't get bored of it. But on the flip side of that, I can't really remember how it goes now. And I listened to it about two hours ago. There you go. So <laughs> that's how memorable it is, really. Told you. It's nice. Dull. Fits in with nice, the... Nice, but dull. The, you know, yeah. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, so let's go on to the next one. Time for a toast. confused by this track mm. it's a drinking song yes but it's not boisterous it's not loud it's not energetic yeah. it's not fun this is a party where manic depressives are going to have a drink <laughs> the funny thing is though it's got the kind of i don't know how to describe it not being a musician i'm not sure how to describe it. it's kind of got that 
sort of sway mm. that drinking songs would have because mm. they're like, da, 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 yeah. but it's got but the, it's got the it's melancholy. Yeah, it's it's so yeah. melancholy. Whoever's party this is, they're not having any fun. No, they're not really. No. I mean, it's almost like he's done a drinking song, but then if you look at the lyrics again, this ties in with the concept that it's it's like the defector is regretting. Yes. Um, Defecting yeah, there's definitely lots of ruin going on in this, isn't there? So maybe it's supposed to symbolise a party is going on around him, but he can't get involved. Or, in... a, or a celebration that isn't a yeah. celebration. Yeah, I mean, the lyrics kind of suggest he perhaps he's left somebody behind when he defected as well. Yeah. Again, Brother John has mm. a little flute solo. He does. I was going to mention that, actually, because it's... Is it air on a G string, that music that it sounds because it sounds that flute sounds mm-hmm. oh it starts like something else that, that flute solo almost becomes that and then changes a little bit yeah but it still reminds me of that every time i hear it i, I expect it to go into air in a g string but again this track is at a, is at odds with itself in theme mm. and sound it should be fun but it's not and yeah. i think we've, we've discussed why that might be it is a celebration without celebrating it's just i don't know it's the whole round and round and up um, as the lyrics say it's just if this was a drinking song it's dull enough to make me give up drinking (laughs) you know it's 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 an interesting song but i'm not sure where it's going or why i'm bothered do you know what Hmm. i mean i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah Yeah. it, Yeah. it doesn't grab me enough to to like this track yeah, and it's not deep enough to make me want to listen to it because there's something interesting going on in the lyrics. It's definitely my least favorite song on the album. Oh, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it there, but it's it's yeah. just not interesting enough to actually warrant an opinion. But then, yeah, so hot buttered toast or soggy toast? That's very metaphysical. Do I mean metaphysical? Do you like toast? I love toast. I like toast. I anyway, toast. I'm not yeah. that keen on the toast. No. Definitely not. No, I didn't. I, it doesn't send me at all that track. Let's go on to the third song, which begins with the on this album, the show.
funky bass line. It is a great funky. I put that as well, actually. Really good bass playing. Yeah, it's just very disco, this track, don't you think? It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's really commercial sound. poppy. You can see why this was released as a single off the album. Yes. Because it's the only one on the album that you could actually produce as a single. Yes. Like I say, it's really commercial sounding track. I think it's... So, yeah, so it was the only single off the album, and it managed to get to number... No, just kidding. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't chart at all. Did it not? Surprising. Yeah. I mean, this is quite an upbeat track. Yet the lyrics, again, are at quite a juxtaposition to it because they're about the futility and hopelessness of the music industry, really. Yes. Well, that's the thing. It's a real commercial-sounding song, which is against commerciality in music. You know, it's like, my music should be free. Oh, thanks, Steve. I'll take it. So I don't quite understand this. It's going, what do we need? We need a hit single. Let's do a song about how crap the music industry is. <laughs> what do we want? A hit single. When do we want it? Never! <laughs> but we'll take the money. Oh, no, that makes it so commercial. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. odd. It's odd. I mean, it's an interesting... I think this, this track really does stick out on the album. It's, mm. it's as we said, the most single-ishness. Yeah. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So it's... it's but it's completely unlike the rest of the album. Hmm. I mean, it's the only track on the album, I think, that could have been released as a single. I mean, oh, yeah. possibly Time to Get Out. Possibly. But this is the only one that's a single. But then, if you think about Spectral Mornings, Clocks, the instrumental, was released as a single. Hmm. Odd. And it's like odd choice. An odd choice for a single. This is a good choice for mm. a single. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that it wasn't more of a commercial hit because it it just screams late 70s single to me. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, this is a terrible representation for the rest of the album. Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you'd heard this and bought the album, like we've said about um, some of the the Peter Gabriel albums. That's the, and, that's the know, some of the Yeah, some of the other albums. You bought If you bought that single, mm. listened yep. to the album, you'd be like, oh, this is completely different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I really like this track a lot. I think it's a really, really good track. And again, another one of my favourite Steve tracks. This is um, probably my second favourite track on the album, I think. Hmm. After Slogans? Yes. Which is weird, because I didn't like Slogans when I first heard it. But it is one hmm. of those tracks that really grows on you. Because the first time you hear it, it literally does sound like a wall of noise. Yes. But as you listen to it more and more, you actually... I started really enjoying it. I started looking forward to it. Well, back to this track. I think, again, he's, he's having a bit of a moan, though, in it as well, in some of the lyrics, isn't he? Oh, yeah. See, Steve hates punk. He reads Steve's autobiography and he hates punk. He thinks it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Which music. is surprising, considering what was mm. on the B-side of this. Listeners, if you want to hear what we think of that, you'll need to pay. Pony up the dosh, pay a pound for Patreon. But anyway, um, but he does have a bit of a moan. It's like, you know... I, all dressed in black. I can't tell if they're girls and boys. Mm. He's taking the mickey out of that whole punk goth scene that's emerging at this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he's trying to be commercial. Or well, is he trying to be commercial? You say emerging. Just... Goths never actually emerge. They just hide in the shadows. They, they emerge from the shadows. They don't emerge, Simon. They just stay in the shadows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this track. I think it's great. I, I really think it should have been a hit single. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't. Yeah, me too. Um, considering, you know, I suppose when it was released, 80s, disco was very much dead. Mm. Um, and although this isn't really 
a disco track. It just has it's a hint funk. of disco. It is funky disco. Yeah. That's a thing. I'm coining it. That's mine. Um, I don't. I don't think you can coin something that's already been coined. Don't tell me somebody else has done funky <laughs> disco. Oh I'm sure, man. I was to start my own club up and everything. Funky <laughs> disco lad. Anyway, disco this, Gary loves disco music. This is disco Gary in his disco boots. Welcome to funky well, disco night. Well, hello, ladies. This is disco Gary. You've been listening to my chat up line. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Anyway, anyway, back to this track. Yeah. Yes. It's not quite, it's, it's by no means a disco track. You just get a feel mm. of disco, especially in the yeah. opening. But, but, yeah. Yeah. But interesting that it didn't really rate. I find it probably it just missed its timing. Yes. Yeah. M- maybe. I suspect more that it wasn't promoted. Mm, could to be. To be honest. Because at this point, something that I was going to go into. A little bit more in the overall. At this point, Charisma and Steve Hackett were not getting along. I was wondering where you were going with that sentence. I thought you were maligning yeah. Mr. Hackett, saying Charisma and Steve Hackett didn't really go together. <laughs> um, but that's more for the next album yes, than for this one. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave that for now. Okie dokie. We'll park that for now. We shall, we I shall, think that's the phrase. We shall park that, indeed. Yeah. Um, so we both like the show. That's a good track. So into the final track of the album, Sentimental Institution, which is where you'll be going back to after we finish this. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about a girl who came my way. We often married, we kids a dog in Santa Fe. I'm by myself, I'm gonna join the sentimental institution I'm gonna pack, pack all my little old booze away But I didn't stay left on the shelf Mrs. Johnson from Wisconsin, she's a widow, plain to see, and Minnesota, from Dakota, likes the way I make a tea. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the lyrics yes. are about a man who gets married, leaves his mm-hmm. wife, then goes basically goes on a shagging marathon across the USA. No, I'm not sure it's quite that. I think his wife, I think it's about a man who gets married, grows old and his wife dies, and then he goes to a care home and shags his way around the care home. Oh, I didn't get the dying bit or the age bit. I just got the bit where she left him. Well, it's, I didn't get the idea that she died. It says now she's gone. Okay. It says, it says three kids, a dog in Santa Fe, now she's gone, I'm by myself. So and I suppose it could be, but I always read it as they got older and kids have moved away. Well, that, she that, died. that also makes sense, how it, especially with the fact that the people he is having liaisons with all seem to be widowers. Yes, old and lovely. She's so wealthy, but so ugly. Yeah. An odd choice of lyrics for this, I think. Yes. It's an odd song, isn't it? It's though, a really? very odd song. Again, and though, when it's an odd way to end the you album. I think it's going to be one of his more jaunty, fun tracks, but the lyrics mm. aren't fun. 
Aren't they, though? They're funny, I think. It's a kind of a, a funny little story. Now, we've had previous albums. Steve has done funny, I'm doing air quotes, listeners, funny tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know. Like um, carrying up the vicarage or the ballad of the decomposing man, yes, which I thought were awful tracks. Yes, but you quite like carrying up the vicarage. Yeah, no, you quite like carrying up the vicarage. I remember you. You quite enjoyed that one. But this seems to be an attempt to do the funny track of the album, and I think this works. I think it's quite humorous. It's darkly Hmm. humorous. Yes, it's darkly humorous. Yeah, but it's not overtly silly. Humor, which I don't think Steve can do. No, but I like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I sense action. a lot of lot of trepidation when you say that. But I think a lot of the reason I like it is because of the repeated sample. Yes, it's kind of it gets into your head. It does. It's a rather charming tune, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's. It's. Not, and again, it's only short, two and a half minutes long. I'd so think it's not shorter than that. Actually. Yeah, but. I like this track. It's odd. It's an odd track to end the album on. It's an odd track lyrically, and it's an odd track musically. But I really like it. I really enjoy it, listening to it every time. And it does make me smile listening to the lyrics. Okay. Maybe. I, I, maybe I that's I'm ambiguous about this track. I, I don't mm. really care either way. It's not yeah. something I would openly listen to. Um, but at the same time, it's not something, if it was on the record player or I would turn it off when it came on. Yeah. It's fine, but it's not one of my highlights of this album. But it does feel like there's a track missing, because this doesn't feel like the end of the album. No, I know what you're saying. It's like it's also with the with the noise of the show, we've now mm. gone to this, and it seems like we've skipped something. Yeah. A quietening yes. down of the album. It's gone from loud to suddenly quite relatively quiet and whimsical. And it's like you've yeah. missed... If this was... I don't, this was nowhere, I assume, anything to do with the original theme. I wouldn't have thought so. No. So it's it's an odd one to end on because it's quite clearly, mm. I mean, they've given up the whole idea of a theme, I think, although mm. it does keep resurfacing all the way through. It's like a mishmash. We're doing the theme. We're not doing the theme. We're doing the theme. We're not doing the theme. Yeah. And this one definitely isn't part of the theme that I can tell anyway. But then when when they said they'd abandoned the, the overt defector theme and mm-hmm. went for more sort of sense of alienation and loneliness. If you take my reading of it as in being in a care home, yeah, the that's loneliness kind of comes the in. Loneliness. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, I do get what you're saying on that. So maybe it would fit, it fit in with that more loose theme hmm. as opposed to the concept, like the defector concept. But I think better title for this album from defector would have been defective if we're talking mm. about isolation and alienation yeah maybe that's my thought especially as they change the 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 overall theme of it as as a defector this is now about people yeah maybe more defective in society not quite fitting in not quite you know yeah quite quite possible i'll mention to him next time i see him down the pub yeah Mm. yeah next time you go and see him live you can go to the front of the stage about that album you did i'm thinking of just changing the title what do you think get lost i'm playing a gig (laughs) he said that last time though (laughs) i mean it's getting repetitive now, just like some of his tracks. Then there's bouncers through you out. Yeah, again. Mm. I think the only thing I'd change in this song, actually, is, mm-hmm. you know, the end. Yep. I'd have that repeated a couple of times. Haven't we had enough repeats on this album? No, just got, I think it doesn't sound like it's ended properly. No, Whereas it really I think doesn't, it, does it? If it goes... 
and ended, I think that would work better. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I agree. So now we can go on. Now we've talked about sentimental institution. We talk about overall, can't we? So I think, this is what I think, and everybody should stop what they're doing and listen to me, because I'm important. You say this every time you open your mouth. (laughs) I think this is a really good album. Sound-wise, I think it's the most consistent album Steve's done so far. I think everything is of a similar tempo, a similar theme, musically, not lyrically, but musically, and I think everything flows together very nicely. There's nothing on this album that suddenly drops like Ricky Gervais in the middle of a film and derails everything. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're saying there. Yeah. And I think everything feels, everything has its place on this album. And whether you like all the tracks or not, which you don't like some of them, that's fine. I think they all work together to the point where if I'm listening to this album, I can't really pick out individual tracks from the album. I want to listen to the whole album in full rather than just listen to a couple of tracks here and there, which none of the albums we've got from Steve so far have been like, I've always wanted to go, right, I listen to that track and that track and that track. This, I'm more happy to just put on the steps and listen to the whole thing. It helps that the album is only about 36 minutes long. Not a long album, is it? It's not. It's his shortest album so Mm -hmm. far. Um, But yeah, I like this album. Standout tracks to me are The Steps and The Show. But one caveat to that, yes, I don't think there's any tracks on here that are as good as anything from Spectral Mornings. Okay, okay. I think the album as a whole is a better album. It's more cohesive. It works better. It's more enjoyable to listen to the full album. I get what you say. But I don't think any of the tracks are as good as, for example, the track Spectral Mornings, which is superb. So what you lose in really good individual standout tracks you gain in the whole album sounding a bit more consistent. If you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. But overall, I really like this album. And possibly, possibly my favourite of Steve's four, first four solo albums for that reason. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Would you like to hear my opinion? I recognise the speaker. On Thank the you. Opposite Thank you. side of the floor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as I often start these these things... Um, You're used to that now. I'm so used to that. Um, Right. When I first listened to this album, I listened to it all the way through. And the Mm -hmm. one thought that was really coming to my head as I listened to it was, oh, God, I've got to listen to this many times. Right? (laughs) There are some good tracks on this. Don't get me wrong. As you say, I love slogans. I quite like Jacuzzi. And Mm -hmm. I have nothing against the other tracks. I just found the whole album quite dull. While I was listening mm. to it, I was always wishing I could listen to something more interesting. I yeah. know what you're saying, and I understand. As you say, you're perfectly right. This is a good, cohesive album. It all mm-hmm. goes together well. The, none of the tracks are really terrible. It's just not one of those albums that's grabbed me. I just don't find yeah. anything here, including the tracks that I do like. I don't think I'll ever be revisiting this album. <laughs> it's just I just found it quite dull um in the fact that there was just no one single track that grabbed me and shook me Mm. and said you're going to be listening to me for the rest of your life and put me on many many mixtapes it's it's not going to happen with any of these tracks 
as I say, some of them were great and some of them I really liked. Not enough to listen to them again and again and again. There was just nothing strong enough on this album. They were all perfectly fine tracks, but, you know, you can have a perfectly fine coffee, but that doesn't mean you're going to keep buying that blend. Do you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much the reaction that Steve Hackett fans had when the album came out. Yeah. Is that it wasn't as good as Spectral Mornings. It's not. There's just there's just none of the tracks on this... I'm gonna. I'm lying to myself here because there are tracks on this you do hum. Steps, for yeah. example, that yeah. that beat is so catchy, mm-hmm. you hum it, and at the same time you hate yourself for humming it because it's such a <laughs> dull track. I hate myself for humming you. Yeah, it, it's not a bad track. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's yeah. long, repetitive, and quite dull. Mm-hmm. Atmospheric aside. It's not a track you would put onto a, a mixtape, is it? Ever? Yeah. Um, I find it hard to believe that they're, you know, when, I know they do this live quite a lot, mm. and it's one of those tracks where you think, "I'm going to the bar now." It's just <laughs> a great, you know, it's going to be six minutes, and you can go out and get a pint. It's just yeah. not worth listening to more than once or twice because it just it doesn't go anywhere. And you mm. can say that about quite a lot of the tracks on this. Two vamps and a guest. Great guitaring and really enjoyable, but you wouldn't put it on repeat on your stereo. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty much the same for every track on this album. I just, I, I enjoyed listening to it once. Yeah. And I did enjoy listening to it, but repeated listening didn't make this any more attractive to me as an album. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. But yeah, no, that, like I say, that is pretty much the reaction that it had upon release, um, which. I think largely led Steve to then disband the group that he put together for his next album. Okay. And his next album is going to be, no spoilers here, but it's probably going to be an attempt to sound a bit more commercial. Okay. But we'll see. Don't get me wrong, but I think for the sake of his career, that would be a good Mm -hmm. move at this point. Because this Mm. album is not a commercial album, is it? No, it's not. The track, the show aside... None of this is commercial. No. And you can understand why, you know, his fans of years and years Mm. enjoy this, because they can look back at it now and go, well, that was quite a good track. But if this was a brand new album, it'd be a disappointment to you. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they're looking back now at things like the steps, slogans, the show, that have been played live. Yeah. And now they're going, oh, yeah, I remember seeing him in... 1990 or whenever playing that and it was amazing or whatever and so i think it, nowadays people are looking back on it and appreciating it more so it's a nostalgia thing which is interesting because this is the first time you've heard the album yeah your reaction to it is pretty much the same as the reaction that it got when it came out i've listened to this album a lot over the years it's not an album i had to buy especially for this podcast which a couple of the albums we've done have been yes yeah yeah so i'm used to this and i mean my first experience of most of the tracks on this album were from the bootleg from sheffield city hall that i mentioned earlier on yeah um so i was familiar with a lot of the tracks from that anyway so it's interesting that i'm looking at it and i've grown with the album so i appreciate it now for what it is and your reaction is very much the, as a new album as if it had just been released yeah yeah Interesting. I'm wondering if my reaction, if if I had bothered to record my thoughts on this album when I first heard it, whether I'd have had the same reaction that you've had now, hearing it for the first time. Interesting, isn't it? Vaguely, yes. Yeah. But anyway, that's that 
last track. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for some Patreon bonus stuff. Um, what are your opinions, listeners, on Defector? Do you agree with Gary? He's wrong. <laughs> or do you agree with me? Um, let He's us know. <laughs> Revelation Station Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. I don't really post much on Facebook anymore. Really? I just, it's just, yeah, just oh. Facebook in general. I'm, I do post occasional things on there, so it's worth coming in and having a look on there. But um, if you don't want to get involved in a long-term relationship, paying a pound a month for Patreon, you can donate a little bit to the podcast by going to buymeacoffee.com, searching for the Revelation Station, you can donate the price of a coffee. All goes to help running the, the podcast. Doesn't go in my pockets. Donate the price of a copy to two poor little urchins. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't go in my pockets. Um, and that money was just resting in my account. <laughs> but my mind's clear, Gary. My oh, mind is clear. I've cleared last. my mind. I'm ready now. I know exactly what to do. I'm pure of thought and deed. <laughs> we can go. I'm sorry. You haven't been pure of now. thought and deed for a very long time. Let's go get that crown. Let's get out of this. God damn jungle. So I told him, I said, listen here, buddy, there's no way I'm doing that. This is my band and what I say goes. Hmm. And what did he say? He said, fine, you can stick your keyboards and left. And then Steve Hackett went on to a critically acclaimed career, spanning 45 years and 26 albums. Yes, well, I... Several of them were UK top 20 hits. One of them even went top 10. Well, you know, I was never really interested in chart placings. And he played at the Reading Festival a couple of years, didn't he? No, no, you're missing the point of the story. You know... Doing a podcast isn't as much fun as those two make it out to be. It does not matter. Here is the door to the temple. Mr. Tony, it is now, as they say, all up to you. Here is your keyboard. So, did doing that podcast clear your mind? Mine's so clear you can see right through it. I can always see through you. Come on, we have to figure out which of these doors leads to the temple. And fast. Yeah, that podcasting took some time. I hope Victor hasn't caught up. Wait a minute, Simon. Look at this. If I turn around and you've dropped your trousers, I will be very disappointed. Again. No, on this door. Look, the sign of the crown. Oh, yeah. <coughs> well spotted. Give it a push. You give it a push. I've already got enough holes in me for one day. Coward. Give it some welly. I'd get it open much quicker if you helped. And damage my nails? No chance, sunshine. Bloody hell. Will you look at that? We've only gone and found the temple. And look, up there on the altar, it's the crown and... Oh no, Victor's beaten us to it. He already has it. Come on, you stupid thing. Why won't you work? I command you to obey me. I don't think shaking it does it any good. Have you tried turning it off and on again? It is not a laptop, Mr. Tony. Stop right there, Victor. What? Uh, 
I haven't really thought the rest of that through. Um, stop right there. Please? I don't think so. Pretty please? No. Ah, the one. The crown speaks? I never. This is incredible. Almighty oh, Jin. I, uh, hang on. The one what? A long time have I been waiting for you. For me? Yes. Look, I have the crown. Now give me the wishes. No, not you. You are complicated. Yes, complicated. I see in your mind nothing but ambition and rage and something about hamsters that I wish I hadn't seen. But above all else... A mad mind. Peeved. Only peeved. I keep telling people. No. Ambition has warped your mind. And it is such a tiny one. You have an urge to prove yourself, even at the expense of others. But I seek the one. That must be me. I'm definitely one. I wouldn't have phrased it quite like that. Oh, what? Oh, no, I mean, uh, wait, you don't mean that fellow who fell overboard and was lost to the depths? Well, to the mud at least. And he probably wasn't lost, as he lives round here. No, I give my gifts only to one of simple, childlike optimism. One who will not use the gifts to the detriment of others. One who sees the universe with wonder. Simple. Childlike. Gary, you're up. Eh? It's you, trust me. I've never met anyone as simple as you. And as for childlike... Yes. You understand. No, wait. The prize is mine. I found the crown first. And I have this gun. That's a banana. Was? (laughs) You would threaten me, foolish, foolish man. But I... but my... my plans... A thousand years or more ago, when I was newly forged, there lived four wizards of renown. Uh, Oh... Wait, no, hang on, that's a different... uh, I mean, I mean, um, your meaningless plans matter not in the scheme of things. I have existed since before your race walked the earth. I have seen empires rise and fall, heroes and villains come and go. Your plans are of passing relevance. You do not understand the truth. Understand the important things in your so very, very short lives. Your existence is like dust in the wind. Yet you treat your schemes and plans as if they have far-lasting significance. Which, trust me, they don't. I see in Victor's mind a phrase you are all so fond of. Carpe diem. Fish of the day, idiot. No, fool. It means Caesar's the day. Yes, indeed. 
but it does not mean what your modern minds have chosen to interpret as its meaning. The original thought behind that phrase was to seize, as in enjoy. It was never a call to action. Quite the opposite, in fact. In that case, I always carp the DM. <laughs> yes, you do. That is why you are the chosen one. Take the crown. Oh, uh, mine, I think, Victor. What? No! You fool, Victor! You've spent your life looking away to the future, to the horizon. Never your mind on where you were, eh? What you were doing. Well, you've lost, Victor. Indeed. Now, Gary, place the crown on your head and speak your wishes out loud. Be careful. I've read enough to know these fellas can be very tricksy with their interpretations of what you say. You need to be very, very specific with your wishes. For example, if you wish to be ruler of the world, you'll probably end up turned into a giant measuring implement. Oh, come now. What must you think of me? Am I wrong? <laughs> Not as much as I'd like. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to wish for. Oh, I know. I wish Simon would be more pleasant to me. Alas, I can perform miracles. I can stop the earth turning and restructure the universe to my desires. But uh, that one is utterly beyond even my power. Not even sure it's actually possible. I'm not that bad. Yes, yes you are. You are. Oh. Try again. I'll let you have that one as a practice wish. Think hard now. He always finds thinking hard. Crumbs, I just wish I knew what to ask for. Done! Oh, you idiot! Wait, my mind's cleared. I know what I want now. Careful. Only two wishes left. Well, first, I wish the pub hadn't burned down, and I wish that me and Simon were back there in it. Done and done. Wait, what? That was just one wish. Pub hadn't burned down... And you were both back there. Two. Bugger. And at the risk of repeating myself, you idiot. All the things you could have wished for. Money. Power. More listeners. You're just lucky I'm in a generous mood. Now, have a safe trip. Wait. Oh, that's odd, isn't it? When the noise stops and you have all that ringing in your ears? No! No! The crown! Look at the crown, Mr. Tony. It's blackened and mangled beyond repair. Yes, looks like it was one use only. I wonder what happened to the gin. Freed, I suppose. That's how this sort of thing used to happen in the stories my nanny read to me. Oh, no, 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 my life. I've wasted my life. That idiot Simon was right. I've been so focused on the future that I, I haven't lived in the now. Why? Why did I spend so much time looking for the easy way? I could have been making friends, doing hobbies, crocheting yogurt, or, or weaving my own cheese. Ew. <sighs> I have seen the light. 
I will turn my scientific genius to the benefit of mankind. I will return to my lair and start immediately. I should probably stop calling it a lair now as I think of it. I'll stop intimidating the villagers and start having coffee mornings. I'll... That's all very well. But what about me? What am I supposed to do now? I'm stuck here. They could have at least taken me back with them. Do not worry, Mr. Tony, my friend. My home is your home. Stay as long as you wish. Tell me, have you ever seen a steam-powered chair? Gosh, no, I haven't. That sounds really useful. Mr. Tony, I think this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. This has been a Revelation Station production. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, As you say, blah. How do we start these things? I can never remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the reaction that... Um, Steve Hackett fans, fans, wow, can't say the word fans all of a sudden. Yeah, three but minutes. I, I don't mind it. No, three minutes. I don't mind it. At three minutes. <laughs> At three minutes, I think. I don't is... mind it. <laughs>